Praise the Lord. We give God thanks and praise for a new week, a new day. And as we approach a new month, we need his presence. The song we played a moment ago is called Blessed Jesus, Hold My Hand. Each day, each week, each month, as a matter of fact, each hour, things are changing around us. And we need the presence of God. In his presence, there is fullness of joy. And at his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. So this morning, we invite the presence of the Lord. We thank him for those who are here. And we know that everyone is busy. And this is the time we're just about, it's, we could well say they said, uh, pre-summer, summertime. Anyway, let us pray. Father, we ask for your presence this morning. We invite the Holy Spirit to be here. Our greatest teacher, the one who knows everything, the one who hears from you, you speak to him and he gives us the, 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 the answers and interpretation of what you're saying to the church. We know you're speaking, Lord, because the church has gone and fallen so far, fallen short of your glory. We ask today that you guide us, you direct us, help us to walk in holiness, to live a life that is pleasing unto you, that when the final call comes, we shall hear well done. Lord, cover us under the precious blood. Those who will be traveling during this day or this week, Lord, we pray for journeying mercies for them. We pray your blessings upon them. We pray, dear God, you guide them, you direct them. Father, if they're on the road, protect them. If you're on the air, protect them. Even where they're staying, we pray for everyone, our families, our friends, our loved ones. We pray for guided protection. We cannot take anything for granted, recognizing the kind of demonic spirits that have come out on the world, seem to have taken over. But we thank you that there's no battle you cannot fight and you have never lost. Father, cover us again. We plead the blood over each and every one and over the program this morning in Jesus' name. Again, good morning. This is Faith Restoration Ministries and Shekinah Theological College. We are here on Sunday mornings at 9.45 with the Word and worship, and anyone would like to speak, we have them here this morning at Testimonies. We meet on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Saturdays at 6 a.m. for prayer, and on Thursdays, we meet for fasting and prayer and Bible study. It's like an open session. We thank God for those who are able to make it. We do not forget those who are at work, and this morning, maybe you're listening to us, and you have a prayer request. You have something on your heart. You need to talk with someone. Safe Restoration Ministries is here for you. We celebrated 20 years last week, and we give God thanks as we approach um, the 21st year. We know that God, with him, all things are possible. It could not have been possible had it not been for him. So you can do it too. Amen. God has called you. Stay at your post. Praise God. You want to find us, we're at www.frministry.com. Org. You'll also find our online college, Shekinah Theological College, where we study the word. You want to know more about us, you can call us. You can text us at 678-964-4096. We look forward for your call. May God bless you. Now, for all those who are here, you want to give a quick greeting this morning. May God bless you right away. Good morning. <clears throat> God bless everyone. 
Um, it is indeed a privilege to be here another time, to come together to break the word and to, to lift up the name of Jesus. You know, um, so a lot of people who post on social media, um, if they use certain certain dialogue which pertaining to the church and revelation and stuff, they're being blocked. And so we have to use up the time that we have now where we can use this this portal to share the word of God. And even, you know, Dr. Stewart just shared that, you know, there's nothing too hard for God to do and there's not a battle that he has ever lost. We know that God has a way of turning things around for our good. And so this morning, I just thank God that we're here, and while we're able to come together, we should utilize it as much as possible. Praise God. Thank you so much. That is such a very timely, timely um, word, because, you know, we were here on Thursday, and there was a, well, first time she's been here, a lady from New York. She was here last Sunday, and she was telling me that after she, the, the program was over, she went to her job. Something happened. And she remembered somebody passed, one of her patients, I think it was. And she said it all night, all night she could barely, she could not sleep. She would just, you know, this thing stayed with her. But then she remembered the prayer that we prayed for her. And so this morning, listen, prayer, I hear people say, um, oh, what does prayer do? What can prayer do? She said to me, it was the prayer that brought her through for the stress that she was feeling. Prayer works. And you do not know who is listening. Sister, thank you so much, Minister Vivine, for that word, because somebody is listening to hear your voice. And while you're here, if you, you all have a while, you can um, something, you have the opportunity to share something this morning before we get into the teaching. Okay, well, we're going to continue um, our teaching. As you know, I don't hang around when it's time to work. I just get on to work. Now, this morning, we continue the study on grace. First, we talked about Noah and his family, that despite the things that were going on during his time, he did not allow the attractions and all the, the, the uh, frivolities and the things, you know, things that were happening just as we are happening today. To influence him, he remained faithful to God. And it does, him and his family, it does not matter what is happening around you. You do not have to be part of what's happening. Do not give yourself. They're telling a lot of stuff, saying a lot of things these days. And you go back into Thessalonians, it talks about how God in these last days, because they failed to acknowledge God, he would send them strong delusions that they would believe a lie. And they are believing it today. They are calling left, right, and right, left. Crooked, straight, and straight, um, um, crooked. They're calling... They just change everything. Whatever God says, the enemy gives an opposite for it. And whatever you see in life today, what God has laid down in the manner of family, life, and human, human behaviors, Satan comes with an opposite. And when he comes with an opposite, it's a destructive because he has no good in him. Jesus said in John 10 and 10, the enemy comes only to steal, to kill, and to destroy 
Every opportunity you get, you may not have it again. We should use it. We're going to continue just just a little um, background of what we were talking about. How through God's grace, now obeyed God. And God issued his grace, poured out his grace on him. That him and his family, eight souls, remained faithful and were not taken by the flood. You can do the same thing this morning. In your, somebody's background. Here's a background there. Please mute, mute. You know? And so we want to say here this morning, when you get an opportunity to use it, God, not the word said, now found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Why? He separated himself from the things of the world. This is what grace does for us. When we commit our lives to the Lord and say, Lord, I cannot do it by myself. I need your help. Yesterday morning in the prayer, we were talking about the thorn in the flesh. This is what grace does for us. When we have a thorn in the flesh, something that is annoying us, and we cry out to God, he may not remove that thorn, but he will give you grace. This is what grace is about. Just that background. So let's talk about <clears throat> what is grace. And we look here in the scripture, it says in um, Ephesians 2, 8 to 9, for by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And the thing about it is this. When you first got saved, that is foundational faith. Like you're building a building, you set up a foundation, and it must be a strong foundation. But so long as you have that saved, you were really saved. And I mean really saved. You turn away from your sin. You're repenting from your sin. You're following Jesus. You're sealed by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has now <clears throat> taken control of your life because you commit yourself to the Lord. He now, you start to build on this, on your saving grace. So he said that, he, let's look at, um, he said the, in um, First Peter, I want to look for it for you because I don't like to just <laughs> recite. I know it, but I prefer to read it because I want people to know that I am not speaking for my own self. But it says to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And this is found here in Second Peter 3 and verse 18. Growing grace. If, how can I grow in grace if I don't know what grace is? <clears throat> I remember when Paul in Second Corinthians, my throat is going already. In Second Corinthians 12 and 9, after Paul had prayed three times to have this thorn removed from his, his body. The Lord said, I'll give you grace instead. My grace is sufficient. This is what we, the body of Christ, live off. We live off grace. That's what supports us. That's what keeps us going. That's what gives us impetus, the strength, the strength, the influence. That's what gives us the push. It's energetic. It's spiritual energy. 
So when you say to yourself, Lord, I don't know how to deal with this situation. You're on the job and you have a very bad or inhumane. I know what I'm talking about. Inhumane supervisor giving you, I mean, for you, it is like going into hell every morning or going into uh, the prison or um, confinement every morning. And you say, Lord, how can I cope with this? This is when he's going to pour his grace into you. That's what keeps you. And someone will say, how did you make, how did you work with that person? I worked with that person and such and such happened. How did you spend so many years? Yes, because of God's help. This is what grace does. There are times you want to get out of a situation, but God does not remove you. Instead, he gives you grace. And this grace is so important that the writer of Hebrews, Hebrews 10 and 29 says, Of how much sore punishment, suppose ye, shall he be thought worthy who have trodden under foot the Son of God and have counted the blood of the covenant, whereas he was sanctified and unholy thing, and have done despite unto the spirit of grace. What he's saying here, do not abuse God's grace. Grace is to help us in our times of need. Grace supports us. It bolsters us. It helps us to stand firm when we don't know what to do. And we call on the Lord in those hard times, those times when you say to yourself, Lord, I can't go no more. I need your help now. This is when grace comes into, you know, focus. This is when he takes over. The spirit of grace takes over at that time. The short answer to what is grace is, most people will tell you, oh, it is God's unmerited favor. It's more than that. Because to leave the answer, to leave it there, is not sufficient. This grace is a powerful and essential quality required for your Christian life. The reason is that grace is of great significance to the true believer. How else are we going to survive? There are people who have been saved for 60 years do you think they did it on their own? Do you not think that they had they had all kinds of sorrows, failures, disappointments? Some had um, what you call it, um, deaths in their families, untimely deaths. I remember my aunt. I told you about her during the time of COVID. Within 24 hours, two of her adult children died. One had a previous um, condition, and then with the COVID. That one died, and then the other one hearing of the, the, the other sibling hearing of this um this death of his sister, he collapsed and he died within twenty four hours on my aunt's birthday. On her birthday, how when I called her, you would never believe she had had deaths, those two deaths, her two children. This is what grace does for us. You're able to walk through the fire. You're able to go to the lion's den. So to just say grace is God's unmerited favor, it doesn't really tell you much. 
it is just a segment of what grace really means. It says here, if you notice that Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord, it didn't just happen like that, saints. You have to submit yourself to the Lord in order for you to obtain this grace. Because, you know, at the beginning, when we first got saved and we had salvation, saved by grace, and having to build, build on this grace, you, it, it just doesn't happen. It's not just poured out on you like this. You got to come to the throne of grace, Hebrews 4 and 16, where it said, in your time of need, go to the throne of grace to obtain grace. That's what he's saying. So it will not just come to you like that. You have to do something. All right? Now upon grace, or received grace, which is special favor from God, when, listen, he purposed in his heart to obey God's word rather than wallow in sinfulness. Too many people are going to church today. They will tell you they are Christians, but they live in I can hear you. Please, 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 please. Um, they live in sin. They are living in sin, and they're telling, oh, don't judge me. Don't judge me. You're not judging them. What does the word say? This is the motto for Shekinah Theological College. The, um, what does the word say? So you cannot live a, a Christian life without God's grace. You have to, in order to get this grace, you have to go to the throne of grace first. You've got to ask for it. In the New Testament, we are saved by grace. For it says here, for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is a gift. It's a gift. But you got to go for it. But it, This is only the foundation of our Christianity. We must build on this faith. And the only way we can build, we can please God is by having grace. How do we obtain grace? By faith, all our Christian experience from the day we got saved until when Christ called us home, we, it is all on faith. Faith. If you don't have faith, there's no way you can come to the presence of God. Hebrews 11 and 6 says, But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them who diligently save him. Seek him, rather. Another thing you hear people talk about is that once saved means always saved. It, it's not true. The only way you can remain saved is by God's grace. And you, as we said there, you have to build on your saving your grace. What Please um, monitor your phones. Put them on um, silent, please. Because I'm hearing that some background here and it doesn't sound very well when we um, try to replay after. Please mute the phones. Once saved, always saved. There's no scripture to show you that. The only way it can happen, you have to remain grounded and rather 
firmly grounded in Christ. And you find that scripture in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 23 and the 1 Corinthians um, 15 and verse 58 says, Be ye steadfast, be ye steadfast, always abounding in the work of the Lord, even as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. The only way we can remain saved, and this doesn't mean that you've never sinned since you got saved. Maybe you fell two, three, four, five times before you became sturdy, just like the baby learning to walk, all the mothers around you. Remember when they were learning to walk, they got up and they fell down and they got up and so on until one day they realized, use both hands, you know? So this is what the Christian life is about. There's no such thing as once saved, always saved. It said, and then James chapter 1, for us to remain saved by God's grace. James chapter 1 and verse 22 says, But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. When we obey God's word, when we do God's word, when we live by God's word, then we are no longer just hearers only. We are doers of his word. If we're doing God's word, obeying God's word, living by his word, it means we're attached to the true vine, John chapter 15. And you can read from verses 1, one to 7, give you a good outline about being attached to the vine and being detached from the vine. You know? So, excuse me, we have to be doers of the word. Just going to church alone is not enough. Just saying I'm a Christian is not enough. You have to be Christ-like. This is what grace does for us. That the things we can't do, because there's nothing we can do of ourselves. We need to depend on God, depend on the Holy Spirit, who imparts grace to us. But we need, after that initial stage, that foundational stage, we now have to build on it. We have to build on it. At the time of our new birth, we receive grace. But it does not stop there. We must daily seek for it to help us throughout our Christian walk. And you know how it helps also what we also need to do? In Romans chapter 12 and 1 and 2 tells you, present your body. As a living sacrifice, commit your body to the Lord. Do you realize that, you know, there are people who tell you, oh girl, I can't do this and I, can't, I couldn't live this way. You can't live any way God wants you to live if your purpose in your heart, this is the way I'm going to live it. But you have to present your body as a living sacrifice before God and say, God, I can't control the urgence in my body, you know. I remember some years ago, someone was talking to me and said, oh, oh, I don't know if it was a testimony, if it was to me or a testimony. But I remember the person said, oh, I am, this young, she was single or something of the sort. I am climbing the walls every night. And I'm saying to myself, but you're not a lizard. Only lizards climb the wall. What are you climbing wall for? You're a Christian. Present your body. Oh, hallelujah. It's a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable unto God. We shouldn't find ourselves. Listen. As members of the body of Christ. We should not find ourselves in carnality. When you find yourself in carnality. Something. And stay there. 
and stay there. Living in carnality and say you're a Christian, impossible. It can't be done. The Bible said we cannot serve two masters in Matthew. You're either going to hate the one and love the other or love the one and hate the other. So what we're saying this morning, without God's grace, we cannot make it. We have to, like Paul, each day, go back. Lord, give me grace. Lord, help me throughout this day. Every day, commit yourself. You're a single person. Commit your body to the Lord. Your husband has to travel. Commit your body to the Lord. Husband and wives, commit your bodies that when you're absent one from the other, you still remain intact. Young people, you can make it. Middle age, single middle age, you can make it. But God's grace, this is why Paul said, I, by the grace of God, I am what I am. Don't believe those persons telling you other things. Noah could have been like them. He could have done the same things that they were doing. But he separated himself. And let me say, when you separate yourself to serve God, this is when you give him opportunity to tune your body. Glory to God. He will tune all the loose knots in your body. Praise God. And by grace, he's going to keep it there on his set until he sends that special someone for you. You won't have to fall into sin. So I'm here this morning to say to you, being a spirit, we receive grace when we ask for it. Hebrews 4 and 16 and Zechariah 12 and 10 says, And I will pour upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and of supplications, and they shall look upon me whom they have pierced, and they shall mourn for him as one mourns for his only son, and shall be in bitterness for him as one that is in bitterness for his firstborn. I just use this verse to show you, grace is a spirit. How else could we acquire it? It is a spirit. The same way we receive the Holy Spirit. There are some things, saints, that God gives to us. They are not tangible. You can't see them, but they build our lives and gives us quality. They build our character and give us quality that the world sees. There's something different about that young lady. There's something different about that young man. Let me say here this morning, young people, and I know you're listening to me from other places, not just over in life. You can do it. You can live the life. You can live a holy life. Middle age. Men, women, live a holy life. You can do it by God's grace, but you have to purpose in your heart. When Jesus told Paul in 2 Corinthians 12, he said, my grace is sufficient for you. Jesus could have removed that thorn, but we need the thorn. Maybe you need that bad boss to, so that you know what God's grace is about. Maybe that thorn in your flesh that keeps nagging at you. Girl, that boy, that man, oh, that is so macho. He's looking at you. He's interested. Don't you see? And he's telling you, girl, you're wasting your time. You're, you're, you know what they will say to you also? You're punishing yourself. You need to rebuke them. Those are spirits speaking to people. And all you need to do, Lord, give me your grace. 
Help me, Lord. I want to live faithfully. I want to live a holy life. You can't live a holy life without God's grace. Another description of grace um, is that it is God's unmerited favor to mankind. Those who believe and accept his son, Jesus Christ, who came to us full of grace and truth. John 1.14 This great gift from our almighty supreme God is undeserved. Undeserved goodness, mercy, love, and forgiveness despite our past sins. You know, if someone got in trouble in this country, mainly, I don't know about maybe other countries, they start digging from the time you were in first grade. Somebody's going to come. Oh, I remember when she stole the teacher's apple. The, not God. When you come to him, he just say, listen, heaven just begin to rejoice because of one sinner has repented. So despite our past sins, God gives us his grace, his goodness, his mercy, his love, and forgiveness. Hebrew, rather, Ephesians 2, verses 4 and 5. Before we received the salvation by grace, we were children of wrath, being tossed and driven about in every direction by every kind of spirit that would embody or gain our attention. Embody us or gain our attention. And you can read this in Ephesians chapter 2, 1 to 3. Ephesians 4, 17 to 19. They are very good passages to study. And listen, if you're going to be a true minister of Christ, a servant of God, you must study the word. It won't help otherwise. You know? This, paint, this paints a picture. We're talking about God's goodness and his forgiveness. And then it shows us in um, Ephesians 2, 1, and 1 to 3, and Ephesians 4, 17 to 19, the, the type of life we used to live. It's all for you to say, well, I wasn't that. But, you know, <laughs> I was doing this. <laughs> it's still sin. <laughs> my aunt, one of my aunts in London, she would say, S-I-N, big sin, little sin is still sin. So you may not have been a crook. But, you know, I was thinking yesterday, in this country, do you realize, or maybe anywhere else where they do these things? You know, the, you see, I've never watched it. I don't, you know, there's a, a movie that's called License to Kill. Do you realize right now there's people have license to kill? What do you think abortion is? All those doctors have license. The people are licensed to cheat or to steal. You buy a house. You hear it is so much. You pay at least one and a half times the value or two times the value of the house by the time you're done. Do you think that is good? That is right? Stealing, license to steal, license to kill, and other things. But... Remember, grace does, God doesn't give us his grace as license to live any kind of life because there's grace. A lot of people say, oh, I'm saved by grace. I'm saved by grace. I'm once saved, always saved. You know? No, it's not so. You're actually saying God is giving you license to live unholy life. Live the way you want to live. 
live in adultery, live in abortion, do all sort of immoral things. No. God is forgiven, but I can assure you there comes a time when God says enough. When they were building the Tower of Babel, God said to himself or to those around him one day, he said, you know what? Let's go down and see what these people are building is true. When the prayers were going up to God about Sodom and Gomorrah, he said, go down, go down and see if what I'm hearing, if it is true. Let me say here, this nation and the nations across the globe, one day God is going to step out and he's going to say, let me see what these, cre- these creatures down here, what I'm hearing. But people who are called by my name are calling to God today, saying, God of mercy, God of mercy, God deliver. God, come on in. God intervene. He's going to say, let's go and see if it is true. Let's go and see if what we're hearing is so. And all those who are listening say, oh, I can live off grace. God gives us grace. We don't need to do nothing more. Grace, yes, saving grace was given to you as a starter. Oh, hallelujah. It was a start. It was a foundation. But you have to build on it. That's why Peter said in Second Peter 3 and 18, grow in grace. What is grace? Grace is a spirit that embodies us when we first become saved. But we have to keep the spirit alive by each day going to God, going to him, Lord, pour grace into me. When you face that temptation and you call upon God, say, Lord, help me here, without even asking for grace, he's going to just pour it into you that you're able to withstand that temptation. When someone is cursing you out, someone becomes so angry and irate and you don't know what to do. And you say, Lord, honor your breath. You start to clean the blood. You say, Lord, help me here. You say, Lord, give me grace. And he's going to pour strength into you that you're able to overcome that temptation, overcome that macho guy. That's telling you, girl, oh, I just love you. That's just, a lot of this is just a matter of seeing the outside. They don't even know you. Let me say here, when that time comes, ask the Lord. Lord, you choose for me. You know, through the power of the Holy Spirit, who convicts our hearts of sin, and this is found in John 16 and verse 9, we become conscious of our lost condition. It takes the Holy Spirit to bring conviction. When a person has sinned as a Christian or the sinner comes to Christ, It takes the Holy Spirit to convict that person and convince that person that he or she needs a Savior to wash and cleanse our sins with his shed blood. It is when we receive salvation by faith that grace is poured into us, but we must build on it as we progress in our Christian walk. A child has been born. You notice different changes taking place taking place. It gets to recognize mom and so many different things happening, changes taking place at an alarming rate. 
And then physically, mentally, in every way you could think, cognitively, that child is learning and he learns from his environment and learn from what he sees and what you say to him, how you behave to that child. And we as Christians must learn to grow in Christ. There's no other way we are going to be strong to overcome temptations and the wiles of the enemy. How are we going to be able to deal with demonic spirits when they come against us? Do you know that spirit of, of, of harassment in you or irritation and anxiety is a demonic spirit? Did you know that? If it's not coming from God, it is demonic. And you need to curse it immediately. Get rid of it. It will destroy you. Then it says here, grace gives us strength to maintain our walk with Christ through the work of the Holy Spirit. When we seek for this great power, it's power to sustain us so that we remain faithful and true. And we find this Hebrews 4 and 16. Grace then, may I ask again, what is grace? It is a process. It's not a one-time thing. Listen, we are, we are affected by all different kinds of temptation. Mentally in our thoughts. This is why Paul, he wrote that lovely piece there in, um, in Philippians 4 and verse 8. Whatsoever things are true. I'll read it for you in a little while. Grace is a process as with all other Christian acquisitions such as faith, sanctification, holiness, and so much more. Grace can also be identified as fruits of the Spirit. Galatians 5, 22 to 23. We can also describe grace as an adornment, adornment of spirituality evidenced by the indwelling Holy Spirit, 1 Peter 3 and 4. And I'm going to pause there for a minute. Grace is an evident, is, is an adornment of spirituality evidenced by the indwelling Holy Spirit. Now, what are you talking about, Sister Barbara? I noticed when I was a child growing up, you may say, oh, that was ancient. That was so many centuries ago. I don't mind. God's word does not change. The quality of Christianity does not change. You're a woman going to church. You should dress like a Christian. Nobody wants to see your shape. So many of them, I was at a certain place some time ago. And this person supposed to be a Christian speaking in tongues. And this person, oh, turn the person sideways. It's a capital S. Capital S, as tight as you could think, and you call yourself a Christian. You know what? Many of these don't seem to realize. They believe, oh, well, I'm going to church. I'm still a Christian. Nobody watches me. God doesn't see. Who says God doesn't see this? Go back in the Old Testament where God told Moses, tell Aaron and his son, make pantaloons for them. I don't want when they step on the step to see what's going on downstairs. God wants us to look like Christian women. Dress like Christian women. Dress with grace. If God's grace is in you, and you are in the adornment of grace, dress, pants, people wearing pants. I often said, let me tell you, women I'm talking about, I often said, 
God knows why he never called me to be a pastor of a church. I'm going to tell you why. One, you're not coming in that sacred pulpit in your pants. Two, you're not going to wear no Hollywood style coming in that pulpit. You could stay down at the bottom, give your testimony. Again, when I was growing up, there was a certain pastor in my town where I got baptized. His sister, visiting from America, came to the church. She could not go on the pulpit. And I used to wonder as a child, I thought he was a little strict. You know why? Those days, so anybody online may remember those listening. You couldn't even press your hair. You couldn't do it. Talk about, not even, listen, not even sinners were going to church. Sinner women with this arm out and, and things like that. They would not do it. They respect the house of God. And it's time that women begin to respect the house of God. You're a Christian, dress like a Christian. I don't care what others are doing. That's what God's grace does for you. It says to you when you're going out, Lord, how am I to dress today? I'm not going to the beach. I'm not going to the cinema for those who go. I'm not going to the supermarket. I'm going to church. And even when you're on the street, look like a, look like a Christian woman. Don't go now. The summer is out. Don't go with those hot pants. Say you're, you're a Christian. You put your shorts way up your nowhere. If you barely sneeze, you're a disgrace. Let me say here, I, let me say here, I say over and over, thank God I'm not a pastor because some things would not be allowed in, in the church of I pastor. People will not like me, that's okay, but I'm going to stand by the faith. The word of God is a pillar and ground of the truth. It's in the word, it's fine, it's there. Saints of God, grace is a precious gift. It is a process. And the only way we can show that we are true children of God is by God's grace in us, by the way we live. It is the foundation of our salvation. And therefore, as a basis, we must continue to build upon this initial impartation as we grow in the knowledge of Christ Jesus. We need grace to stay humble, strong and stable without God's grace we cannot will not you name it we will not make it you must act like a Christian that's what grace does for you grace God's grace you can't make it without his grace and as we approach this new month the song we played earlier Jesus hold my hand I'm not here to criticize I know many he said, oh, you're criticizing, you'll stop people. Even You know what I once heard on my program years and years ago? I was talking about the kind of rock music they have in the church. One pastor said to me, but we use this to, to, um, to attract the young people. I'm here to say to all pastors and ministers of the gospel, if it's that boom, 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 boom that you're going to use um, to, attract God's, um, to attract sinners, they don't need to come to church. They don't need, because there's nothing that's going to really reach the heart. Nothing that's going to influence them to want to be Christian, to want to serve the Lord Jesus Christ and serve him wholly. Live a life that is, that, that, that is full of grace. And the Holy Spirit leading them. 
It can't be done without God's grace. And it's the Holy Spirit. It's not the music. I want you, if you're using music, pastors out there, if you're using music to attract members to your church, you are backslidden. Yes, you are. You're not following Christ. You may have a form of godliness, but you have no power with it. So this morning, these are the few words concerning what is grace. I don't know if anyone, we have a couple of minutes, anyone want to ask any question, you may do so now and then we will close. Any questions? Okay. Sister Noblin, would you like to close us off today? I want to remind you that this is Faith Restoration Ministries at Chicago Theological College. We're here on Sunday mornings at 9.45 for worship. And we're also here on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Saturdays at 6 a.m. for prayer. And on Thursdays at 10 a.m. for prayer, fasting, and the word. And if you need counseling, we are here for you. You need inspirational books. You can find them at www.frministry.org. If you need a college, God is calling to ministry, and you want to study the word, you may say, well, I can't afford. How do you know? You have not contacted us. You don't know what we will do for you. This college, these ministries you see here, you hear about, they are for extending the kingdom of Christ to reach the world for him. We are, listen, things are happening at an alarming speed, okay? So every opportunity you have today, use it. Young people, use up every opportunity you have. Use it up. Don't let it pass you. Use it up. Sister Noblin, I don't know if you want to say a few words and then you close off a prayer for us, please. Um, good, good day to everyone. I am so glad to be here on this airline today. Note, I was thinking this morning how our body works. We all knew that we are created by God. And I was just thinking how you know, we are like a computer, our bodies. Mm. The only thing is that we are not plugged in to mm-hmm. any form of current that man has created. Mm-hmm. But Jesus is the one who keeps us going. But mm-hmm. even though he's the one who created us and keeps us going, we do not have to use manpower to survive. But even mm-hmm. that, then, then we can pick up virus like a computer. Yes. And this virus can kill the mm-hmm. things that God invested in us and put in us for us mm-hmm. to survive and to worship him. Mm-hmm. It will kill the spirit of God in us if we don't be careful what we put in our system. Mm-hmm. And it will create a malfunction. It will destroy the blessings of God. It's like a fire that gets corrupt. And so we have to be very careful what we inhabited. We have to be very careful of the little things the Bible says that not divine. It will destroy everything that God invested in us. But then again, the word of God said, the gates of hell shall not prevail. 
against the church, against the children of God. Nothing. Because he has given his life a ransom for us. And because of that, grace will always be there. Amen. To cover us, to protect us, Mm -hmm. and to guide us. His grace is sufficient Mm -hmm. to keep us. So if we don't give up, then the Lord will fight for what he has invested in. We are his investment. Mm -hmm. We are not our own. And so he will fight for us. And if we only humble ourselves, we know for sure that we have a God that loves us, protects us, and his Amen. grace is sufficient to keep us. Yes. Amen. Father God, we thank you this morning for bringing us together, Lord Jesus. Thank you for the word of God. Because without your word, then, Father God, we would not know, we would not understand the mystery of the work of you, Lord God. And so this morning, Lord, as we gather before your holy presence, I pray, Father God, that you will breathe upon every one of us, everyone that are listening this morning. I pray, God, that you will breathe, breathe upon them also. I pray, Father, that you will touch them from the crown of their head unto the sole of their feet. I pray, God Almighty, that you will minister to every need. Father God, I pray that you will open up our eyes and our intellect and help us to learn your word. Help us, O God Almighty, that we will trust you and that we will see the truth and follow after you, God. Help us, Lord, that we will recognize your voice, recognize your calling, recognize your presence, recognize the love that you have for us, dear Jesus. We are not ourselves. We are sheep of your pasture. You said we should enter into your gate with thanksgiving and into your courts with praise. We should be thankful unto you and bless your name. For the Lord is good, his mercy everlasting, and your truth endureth forever unto all generations. And so this morning, God, we want to lift up your name. We want to honor you. We want to God Almighty Exalt you, Lord Jesus, because there is no power greater than the power of God this morning. There is no love greater than the love of God this morning. And so today, God, we want to thank you, Lord Jesus. We want to humble ourselves, God. It doesn't matter how deep we are in sin. Jesus, you will come so low for us, God Almighty. You will pardon and you will sanctify us this morning, God. We are not perfect. We all have sinners come short. That's right. Lord Amen. God, this morning. But That's oh right. God Almighty, we thank you for the grace. We thank you for the blood that was shed on Calvary to blot out our transgression. We thank you, Lord, that you have even went to hell. Lord God, to deliver us, God, you have the key of death and hell so we can have life and have it more abundantly, dear Jesus. We thank you this morning, God. We thank you for the preacher. We thank you, Lord, for everyone, God Almighty, that is listening, even those that are sick this morning. I pray, Lord God, that you will give them the knowledge that they can even speak your word over their own lives. Jesus, and that they can receive healing, God, because we do not have to go through a high priest to get to you, Lord God. We can call you just where we are. We just can call upon you anytime, Jesus, because you say we're one or two gathered, touching anything concerning you. You are sure to be in our midst. 
God, you promise us that whatever we ask in your name, if we believe, we shall receive in the name of Jesus. And I pray today, God, that you will allow us and help us, God, that we will be, we believe in your words. God Almighty, we worship you this morning. And we thank you, Lord God Almighty, for everything that you have done for us, for the love that you have invested in us, for the grace, for the mercies, for your protection, for your guidance, for strength this morning, Lord God. We thank you for it all this today, God. May you continue to bless. May you continue to sanctify. And may you continue to deliver your children, God, and protect us, Lord, as we leave everything into your mighty hands. And we tell you thanks in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We give God thanks again. Do you know every day is a day to be thankful to God? Every day is a day to rejoice. Every day is an opportunity to acknowledge God's goodness to us in our lives and all that he has done for us. Let us not take his grace or his mercies or all that he has given to us. Let's not take it for granted. Let it not just pass just like that. You know, you know in Psalm 103, God said, forget not his benefits. How often people do things first and we forget. Sometimes, you know, what my my, my um, example normally is, you hold the door for someone, a person just walks right in, not even acknowledging you, not even to say thank you. They just walk right in as though you were not there. And that's how many of us treat God. You can't be too young to acknowledge, say, Lord, I thank you for my mom. Thank you for my dad. Thank you, God, I have brothers and sisters. Thank you, God, somebody's paying the rent or the mortgage for me. I have something to eat. When we think of thousands, millions this morning who woke up and don't know where the next meal is coming from, you can't be too young to say thank you. So, you know, let's not forget him, his grace. It's because of his grace why we are surviving as Christians. It's because of his grace that since you got saved, since you got, not even for me who've been saved for God knows how long. Since you got saved and still holding on to the Lord, give him thanks. Thank him for his grace. Because by grace we are saved, not of ourselves. It is a gift of God. We didn't earn it. We did not inherit it from our foreparents. God was the one who gave it to us. Despite our sinfulness, despite the way we were going, we had no future. We were dead in trespasses and sins. But God's grace, through his love and mercy, compassion, and forgiveness, this morning we have hope. We thank God for grace. We thank God for his mercies. We thank him for all his love. And we pray today, Father, as we leave from here, but not from your presence, please remember everyone who tuned into this program this morning, those who are present and those who will listen to the program, we're praying for a special blessing for us all, that God will not come short of what you have for us. If there's anyone out there who does not know you or someone who's become weak, a weak link, someone there, God, whose hinges have become weak and screwed, gone, Lord God, or something fell off, may they run back to the throne of grace, confess, and ask God for pardon because we know, God, you're always ready. If with your open arms, say, come, there's still room. We pray your blessings today. We ask, Lord, that you cover us under your precious blood. Keep us safe from all dangers and harm. 
In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. We praise the Lord. Thank you all for coming. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And for those who will listen to the program, God bless you. This is Faith Restoration Ministries, restoring lives from the inside out, one life at a time. At Jekina Theological College, answering to what does the word say? On June 12th, we will not be here on the morning. We're going to have an evening session where we'll be um, ordaining and installing our new minister for Faith Restoration Ministries. I'm looking forward very much to this, and I thank God for what he's doing. But to God be all the glory. These are the things God is doing here at Chakaina and at Faith Restoration. We bless you all. Have a wonderful week until we hear from you again. God bless. Hello? Yes, I'm here. Uh, are we? Oh, I'm doing better. Oh, like, oh, normally. Are you still huh? recording? Are we still no, recording? No, I'm, not. I'm not. Okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I started a long time ago. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know what? It was still on. <laughs> 